we could not be more excited for the episode that you have in store for you today, we just interviewed the most amazing person. Her name is Kiki, and she is going to tell us all about her incredible story of becoming this multifaceted diamond of a human through trauma and abuse, making meaning. Welcome. We are so happy to have you here today. You describe yourself as someone embracing a non-binary life. You use he, she pronouns, which we will ask you about in a minute. You are a home chef. I'd like some food. I don't see any today. Um, a hiker, a dog mom. I don't see your dog either. And a trans-masculine, demisexual lesbian. You are a drag king, which, by the way, we I did not know, know that. We about it. And I hit my pad so hard on the table with excitement that I bent it. Friends. The content discussed on this video might be triggering or upsetting to some of our viewers and listeners, particularly those with a history of trauma or abuse. Please listen at your own discretion and please take care of your mental health. This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient or client relationship. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. And because each person is so unique, all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. Welcome to We're Not Fine. I'm Dr. Talia Jackson. And I'm Doug Jensen. We thank you for listening every week to our deep and thought-provoking conversations about relationships. Hi, viewers and listeners on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, the We're Not Fine podcast. Welcome. We could not be more excited for the episode that you have in store for you today, we just interviewed the most amazing person. Her name is Kiki, and she is going to tell us all about her incredible story of becoming this multifaceted diamond of a human through trauma and abuse, making meaning. And the best part, is this beautiful love story, which is a beautiful segue into this reunion of soulmates that you're about to have. I am about to. Not with a human person. That, that is so correct. I want to also say one more thing about the Kiki interview. So it's not only about a history of trauma, but I honestly think that the word non-binary, the pronouns that we're using in our culture today are such a mystery to so many people yes. about how to use them. And people are walking over, uh, walking on eggshells and tripping over themselves, trying to say the right thing. Kiki addresses all of those issues as a person who identifies as non-binary and goes by he, she pronouns. That's right. So please stay tuned. It's a very exciting episode with a lot, a lot of depth to it. Um, we do have a disclaimer, as we've already put on uh, this particular episode for you. There's some very deep uh, stories about trauma and abuse that are really relevant to a lot of people, but also very hard to hear. So we hope That's that you right. take a, into consideration that as you listen. It's incredibly yes, powerful. It is. But this non-binary pronoun piece, I got to tell you, everyone's talking about it. Everyone's trying to figure it out, um, including for ourselves. So. That's right. So grateful. I um, to asked have had all the questions and Kiki answered. I was a little embarrassed to ask, but I'm so glad I did. And now you can all benefit from maybe not ever asking, but needing to know. 
But yes. Homecoming reunion. As everybody knows who's been watching the podcast, we did this amazing first live event at the Rogue Buddha Studio in Minneapolis with the most ridiculously talented Nick artist, Harper. Nick Harper. And he made this amazing piece called Serenity that everyone knows about if they know me because I've talked about it incessantly. Um, I had gone to Art of World in Minneapolis and walked by his studio and just like got stopped in my tracks because this piece was right through the door. Uh, well, I purchased the piece and after making a few payments because Nick is well worth all of the money, but it wasn't cheap. Uh, it He's is being, the real deal. It is being delivered at my house on Tuesday and we're having a cocktail party and appetizers to celebrate the homecoming of my serenity. I literally cannot wait. And also being at the studio, seeing all of his pieces and this really exceptional piece that Doug fell in love with and then having the artist yeah. bring it to your home yep. hang it I mean I'm just like it's it really is this homecoming and do you remember how Nick was talking about the way that he sees the work that he does yeah. is it's about finding your soulmate and that when people see a piece of art and they fall in love it's like you recognize a part of yourself yeah. in this soul of the work. What is interesting about this piece, um, and Nick and I have stayed in contact ever since he was on our show and before that. You guys are um, buddies now. We are buddies. Um, he's <laughs> He texted me and he it was thankful again for how much this piece means to me. You know, um, it's one of those things about art, and I don't know other people who have like fallen in love with the piece, but I'm still figuring out all of what it means to me because I have a very strong emotional connection to it. So I am so excited. Yes. Um, I'm a little afraid, not afraid in a fearful way, but I'm just kind of like, I can't imagine this piece being in my home. I know. And, and seeing it every huge. day. It's huge. <laughs> like it it's, is it's, the centerpiece <laughs> of, I mean, you I, won't be able to see anything. I'm hopeful it fits in my dining room where I want it. We'll between, make it fit. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We're gonna we're gonna we push the sconces out. Yeah, so. I think that's like crack them off the wall and move Ooh. them a couple of inches. We'll do, we'll do what we need to do. I can't wait. Oh my god, I literally cannot wait. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you get to be there with me. And we, I've never even seen your house. I can't believe you haven't been. But we our studio is by Talia's home, so we yes. always go to your place. We've yep. been pod married for a year and a half. Yep. You're right. You always come over after yep. not always, but a lot to my place because yeah. I live so close. But yeah, it's I have to drive. I'm on the other side. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like I do whenever we record FYI. So with that, I'm so excited for this this yes. week. And you know, to be honest, we're going to banter about like the aftermath of this. The next time we have a podcast recording, I'm sure we'll talk about like, I think we should how it was. take videos and post them for people that are following us and following our journey. It's kind of a big fucking deal. It's a big fucking deal. And speaking of journey... I'm so excited for his journey that he shared with us in a very, very personal way. Please take care of yourself as you listen to this and please enjoy. Hi everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of We're Not Fine. We have delightful Kiki with us today. We've been having a lot of fun. And as you see, two of us matched and the other didn't get the memo. No one gave me the memo. Yeah. And not even, I could have done some purple earrings or something, but no, nothing. This I mean, was even like Rapunzel on the deal. matches. And Rapunzel is wearing purple as well. Rapunzel your hair. was in charge of the memo, I think, yeah. this morning. Yes, and... yes. <laughs> I did get something from an unknown number. 
Oh. It said unknown. It must have been Rapunzel. Yes, it was. Okay, that's she came down from her tower. That is excellent. Um, you could wear purple has lipstick too. Cell service. Yes. Up I'm in sure the tower. that's true. There is no way for me to do this without reading your amazing bio. Oh. So I'm going to read it. I'm so excited for you to be here today. Me too. And we'll kind of talk about how we met you, but the minute I saw your video on another person's website, who is our producer. Um, I got so excited. I'm like, I need that person on our podcast immediately. So I am so glad you're here, and it did not take much effort. So thank I'm you. I'm pretty sure I was the one who was like, we have to have Kiki. I think I said it first. I, I mean, I, I love when people find There's been a lot of that today already. <laughs> there's been a shitload of that today. Welcome. We are so happy to have you here today. You describe yourself as someone embracing a non-binary life. You use he, she pronouns, which we will ask you about in a minute. You are a home chef. I'd like some food. I don't see any today. Um, a hiker, a dog mom. I don't see your dog either. And a transmasculine, demisexual lesbian. You are a drag king, which, by the way, we I did not know, know that. We about it. And I hit my pad so hard on the table with excitement that I bent it. Um, yeah, I cannot I feel, wait to hear more. I feel like that's called anger management problems. Is Blackberry your drag name? Yes. Fuck. Okay, I cannot yeah, wait. Can we just like ask more about that right this second? No. Um, what I want is a video of it. <laughs> we need it. We need more. And I have a resource called Jody who's going to give me that. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I want yeah. it on here. Yeah, my baby got A speaker, me. motivator, encourager, spiritual, nerdy. That's amazing. I saw your Sailor Moon jacket. I'm a part of the nerd club myself. Ooh. Survivor of many things from what I understand, and neurodivergent as hell. As hell, it says. I was gonna write as well, but it says as hell. You also describe yourself as an open book and make it a priority to share what you can to help people heal and realize they are not alone. That is such an important message. Thank you. You're welcome. Any of my favorite line, uh, and our favorite line of your bio is, get ready for a ride inside of Kiki's mind. It is complex, but functional. Yes. I cannot wait. Yes, I mean, you are an enigma, and of course, Supak, our incredible producer, and her beautiful wife, they have this amazing clothing line for non-binary, I think it's dress shirts, right? Yes. Button-down shirts. Mm -hmm. And they asked you, I don't even know the story, they asked you to be a model for them. They did this beautiful video that had both Doug and I in tears. It was so vulnerable and so honest, and we just felt like everyone needed to meet you and hear your story. But how, how did you even end up meeting Supak and Jamie and being with Jay Victoria? Well, me and um, my partner went to Pride this year in Minneapolis, and we were just walking around. Um, and I had first seen Jay Victoria on Instagram. I had messaged them cleverly like they were tired to see what my size was. Understandably. Yes, um, but when they were at, we saw them at Pride, I was like, oh, babe, let's stop. And I'm literally taking the shirts off the hangers and trying them on right there. <laughs> <clears throat> I actually have some pictures from that day that I posted on my Instagram. But I was like, oh my God, your shirts are amazing. Da -da. Um, they're like, hey, we have a contest. If you want to enter, you can get a massage, a photography Ooh. shoe, um, this, that, and the fourth. I was like, okay, I just got to win. Cause I'm like, it's pride. There's thousands of people here. Yeah. But they drew my name. And yeah, so so it was funny. So we went from talking on Instagram to texting, um, connected with Emma Seuss, who was amazing. Um, and then, yeah, we did a photography shoe. That was life-changing for me. How? I, yeah. I've never felt seen in my life. I've never felt important or that I mattered. And um, Amy, the photographer, made me glow, like literally glow. Not, and it, it wasn't product or anything. She saw me, and because of that, I shined. 
um, in the pictures. Like, I wish I could have gotten all of them, but the ones you I got shine. back, yeah, yeah, I felt like if this is Kiki, this isn't what someone wants me to dress like or be like or act like. This is me a thousand percent. So I will always cherish it. I actually cried at the end. I, I did. We Kiki, did too. Yeah, it was it was heartwarming in so many different ways. And I think your body positivity and your confidence really was just shining in those in that video. And and people of course might be able to get that if we have it in our show notes. Yeah, so let's um, do that. that. It would be so important. great if people could see it. It was really amazing. It's... You just look like you were walking the walk and talking the talk. That's what I think. Thank you. You're so welcome. Um, and I found that very courageous, by the way. Thank you. I mean, really, how many people are comfortable doing that and you found a way to get there, which we'll talk about. I want to talk about something that is so in our culture. Um, as a member of the LGBTQ community myself, the word non-binary has obviously evolved. I have a 22-year-old identifies as non-binary as well. Um, and so that term is so confusing to so many people. And so I kind of want to start with some basics here. Okay. Like, I would love to have you share with our viewers and listeners, like, what your definition of non-binary is. And I'd love to hear more about your personal experience of, like, understanding that part of your identity, accepting that part of your identity. I think those are two separate issues in some ways. Yeah. So I'd just love to hear your journey. Absolutely. Um, so non-binary to me means um, I identify to nothing. Male, female, I'm other. <laughs> um, I actually got an X on the my box. driver's license. Okay. Yeah, I'm, excuse my primary, I love a driver's license. Um, <laughs> but I got an X on it because it's... It could be any other day I could choose to dress a certain way or um, I could choose to act a certain way. Um, sometimes I want to be like the male, like I'm escorting my lady, opening doors, you know, the whole swagger dagger. And then there's other times I want to put on a pretty dress and be demure and like, honey, open the door for me. Or, I love it. And, um, and put on a little makeup. I, I fell in love with makeup again. That was awesome. And so at first um, I didn't know how to do that because what I did was when I chose non-binary initially it was because i really loved being masked i love mm -hmm. the clones i love the clothes i love the dress shoes um i love the short haircut you know i went like head in um even as far as getting literally yeah literally i used to <laughs> i actually had locks like oh down wow here. okay all right yeah no. so i cut them off it felt so liberating because i had the locks because it was uh my mother's from georgia and she was like you don't cut your crown but I cut my crown proudly. Wow. Um, so is the system, my crown. Um, but Georgia the state or Georgia the country? Um, Georgia the state. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yep. I didn't know it was a country. Um, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Do you see I, was like, I was curious. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I initially went very masked, actually to a point, um, which is why I'm glad you asked me this. It got toxic for me. Um, I lost any part of me that was soft. Non-binary is not he or she, it's other. And I went way too far mask. Um, I got emotionless at a point. Uh, it was all about me. And um, even my sex life, which I hope I can say that. Um, oh, we talk about literally everything. Okay. There's nothing no. you can't say. Actually, I think that's about. a really relevant part mm -hmm. of this conversation. Oh, thank you. Okay. But my sex life got really, it was just all about me like power like yeah. i wanted to be like like even in bed i wanted to be like the man like you know give me what dominant. i want dominant yeah, yeah. alpha alpha yeah. yeah and i realized i started to not like myself um and 
but because I had not been accepted as the woman I was born to be, once I cut the hair and changed the clothes, women wanted me. Like, mm-hmm. I was desired. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I went so far left. Like, you know, once you get a yeah. taste of something you haven't had, yes. sometimes it takes you far from even from who you are. Yeah. Yes. So all that to say. Um, so it's been a journey. And meeting Jody um, changed my life. I... Because I've, and we'll get to that part, but because I have been on my own for so long, also part of that alpha mask was my warrior in me, my protect myself, my walls. Yeah. And so when I met her, um, she softened me and she loved me in a way I hadn't been loved. And so I felt like I could be softer and I started to crave things like, um, I would see her put eyeshadow. I'm like, I want a little eyeshadow. Or we, she took me with her to tour and I was like, I want to try on that dress. I literally got rid of all my dresses and shoes, y'all. Like, yeah. it was, like, mass. But I was yeah. like, yeah. I want to try on a dress. And I tried that dress on, and she was like, oh, my God, you look so... I was terrified. Because I'm like, she knows me as daddy, you know? Like, yeah. I'm I'm a G, you know? Like, I'm, you know, <laughs> I don't do this. what is she going to think when yeah. you do that? Right? I was terrified. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. baby, you look beautiful. She's like, buy that dress. Next thing I know, we're at Sephora. Um, oh. I'm getting makeup. I was... I, and it was, as being neurodivergent... Yeah. We don't. I don't care for change, so it was also anxiety and wow. but exciting at the same time because um, they were so accepting. They're like, "I love you as you are. Let's do this full throttle." Yeah. Um, and so when I saw myself yeah. in that makeup, I was like, "Wow, I'm beautiful!" Oh, I I never felt beautiful. Never. I would have never. I liked. I'm like, if anyone wanted to call me, I used, I was he him initially. I'm like handsome. You're don't handsome. call me. Yeah. Don't call me beautiful because it would trigger that void in me where I never felt loved as the woman. Um, so when she, when they were like, God, you're hot. And we went out and we took a ton of pictures and they're on my Instagram too. And wow. I just, she looked beautiful and we had a great night. And so my drag name used to be King Kiki because it was mask, you know. Yep. But I went with Blackberry because the black and the berry, the sweet, the juice. So, oh my god, I love you know, it! Duh. And there's no male or female to that, it's just blackberry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what I love, I mean, first of all, I love 20 things about what you just said, right? <laughs> and the, we're gonna dive so deep into that love story because it sounds like it just changed everything about how you experience yourself and safety and yes. love. Um, but I want to talk about this non binary, um, just the concept that it almost like what it sounds like is that you went from identifying as female to male in this like pendulum swung all the way to the other side. Absolutely. It was like yin to yang and then you were sitting in that space but what you realized is there were some really beautiful parts of you that maybe and we're going to you know it makes such perfect sense with your life story and the trauma how you would want to maybe reject the softer, more vulnerable parts of yourself. And it makes me so happy to hear that you have figured out a way to just embrace yourself as this multifaceted diamond of like, you are everything. And it's like, even non-binary, it's just like a rejection of the binary and I'm other and the X. And so this is my question. And at first I was embarrassed to ask, Right. But then when I asked you in our meet and greet, you were so kind and wonderful. And I was like, can I ask this on the, you know, on our episode two? Because I am familiar with they, them. Yes. He, they, Mm -hmm. she, they. Tell us about identifying as he, she. And 
how, like, I feel like there's, I mean, you've already told the story of how this came to be and I love everything about it. And how does one, like, how does one address someone who is he and she respectfully? It's so fun, actually. Like, I'll go out, and they're like, hello, sir. I'm like, hey. And then I'm like, okay, girl. I'm like, hey. Like, you know, it's like, okay. Like we'll I move. did when we met. Yes. Yep. Right. Um, because I realized, you know, I lived a life before I chose to be non-binary of, of much femaleness, of much girlness. I'm I'm black. We're so full. We're like, hey, girl, Kiki, boo-boo. How you doing? You know? So I didn't want to lose that. But this identity, this, this mask identity, be, became such a god to me because I finally was visible. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how hungry I was to feel like I mattered to someone, to something, to some cause. In this case, it was masculine. People are saying, you're sexy, you're handsome. I've got women in my DMs. I'm like, I've never, and I'm 30, um, I was 38 years old when I finally started this journey. Wow. So I'm like, Oh my God. But how do you make sense of that? Yeah, so, well, it's... I mean, you're literally the same person. Yes. What what shifted? And I'm hearing, by the way, that that shift over, and I just want to go back to what you said about, like, that discomfort with that alpha dominant male. Mm. It almost feels like toxic masculinity mm. kind yes. of is in your experience, and you didn't like it. Like, yes. when you said you didn't like that part, I was really struck by that. Yeah, yeah it was you know? gross. It was... Um, God, that would... So, <laughs> I did not have an identity until I was 38. Um, because how I was raised That's was really powerful. to please everybody. I was yep. a puppet. Yep. Um, so I never thought for myself, made decisions for myself. I always asked other people. So if you imagine, if you take mm-hmm. that, all of a sudden that realizes it's queer, and that realizes, hey, I'm really comfortable comfortable in these masked clothes, Being also being neurodivergent, let's stack this here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're going to run to what's comfortable. So I ran to that mass side. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I, I just felt alive. I felt- And powerful. Powerful, probably. important, yeah. confident. Like I had never believed in my own voice or anything. It was like, it was like I was roaring. Wow. I was like, yes, I'm here, you, you know? Need, you know what, yeah. I think you needed that. Yeah, I did. It had its time, um, I, I, I totally agree, but, um, and then being a late bloomer, I had never dated really. So then I start dating in this massness, and that's mm. when I started to dislike it because I saw the women I dated didn't want my soft. The first two women I dated, they were like, "We want you mask all the time. Mm. We don't want because yeah. sometimes I would feel myself wanting to go that soft direction, but it would be met with, "You can't be in the street and be masked and then come home and do this." Like, which I, is also pigeonholing you into mm. an identity that you're not choosing for yourself. Yeah, and I would say just simply not the right fit yes. in a partner. Agreed. Yeah, which is why I became. So then it went from yeah. being masked to toxic because. Now I'm feeling rejected in my queer identity yeah. and attempting to be non-binary, right? Non-binary is not just male, it's male, females, mm. it's all, it's all the colors. I wasn't allowed to embrace the other side with the other two. Um, and so it became toxic. I've got bitter and angry. Sure. Um, and yeah, it took me meeting Jody. I, I have never met someone so patient and loving. She listens to me and she's like, this is what's happening, A, B, C, and D. And she's like, this is how I need to love you. And this is what you want from me right now. And and it brought a piece to the war inside of me of who am I? It's amazing. So now my closet, instead of it being just, I, I wore suits, button-ups, dress pants, dress shoes. Now I've got purples and pinks and Care Bears and Sailor Moon and 
it, Rapunzel. Yeah, yeah, Rapunzel. Yes, <laughs> my princess. Um, I I was even and what I didn't realize though is Jody helped me embrace my little Kiki. So t- to be honest, the female side of me is little Kiki. And little Kiki oh. wants to wear dresses and play with princesses and quote Disney movies and um and put on eyeshadow and makeup and my girlfriend still loves me that way. Sometimes I just want to put on a dress and twirl. Which or, yeah. you should. Yeah. I am really curious about the the she, the little Kiki. Yeah. And that did I mean, I do. We've got more questions about little Kiki that I'm not even looking. I don't even know what the what, what we wrote. Down. I'm just like, I can't stop. Like, yep. I just, I can't get enough of this. There's a lot of questions, yep. But, and I don't know if you've thought about this or I don't know if you have an answer to this or not, but it sounds like the female little Kiki never manifested as an adult woman Kiki. No. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, I, I, I was as a child, I was taught to be seen and not heard, and though my mom would put barrettes and braids in my hair, I, I knew I was meant to be soft. Um, if I tried to speak, it was met with violence. Um, so, she liked to play with, um, uh, God, what's that thing? The bear. Uh, Care bear. Not Care Bear. Uh, the bear Paddington. Okay. Yeah, so I wanted to, and I wanted to play with Paddington. I wanted to play with my stickers and my cards, but we were locked down. Like if my dad was in the room, we could play with it. If he wasn't, we couldn't. And so I, she found herself in like um, in Sailor Moon and and Fox Kids, and but then um, she got stunted by all the physical abuse. So she got trapped at eight. Um, so as I've gotten my own money and came into my own life I've started to love on her so she's grown a bit I would say she's a teenager now Um, but she's still very anxious and very scared and protective of me Um, and but she helps me open up and be vulnerable and not keep up walls and and cry and say this really hurts me and so I hated her at first because I had never felt strong. I always felt weak-minded and I had low self-esteem and self-hatred. And with this mask, Kiki, I was like, oh my God, I'm alive. I'm powerful. I can do anything. I'm confident. But when she would come out, I would get angry. Now I love her and I give her time. And my partner gives her time. Like, I love my partner. I'll go to meet you. I'll be like, hi, little Kiki. And I'll just yeah. blush like. <laughs> I am curious if you could talk a little bit more because one of the things that I think Kiki in general about abuse I always tell new clinicians who are getting feedback or mentoring from me, like the age at which people start to get abused is when they stop growing yes. and they stop developing. And you really talk about it that way. Yeah. Like, and, and you also hated that part of you that was in that very shameful, um, hurt place yeah. as an abused person. Um, and you referenced in this video that we saw about your history of abuse. I might say there was some neglect when you talk about like having to take the scraps of food um, that your father wasn't going to eat for multiple children in your family. So there was so much deprivation is what it felt like to me. Um, and I realize this is a very tricky part of the conversation. And so I'm just incredibly grateful for your courageousness to share what you have with us and anything or more. Or not. Absolutely. It's whatever you feel comfortable with. This is why Kiki has fidgeters. <laughs> that is fantastic. I have some of those in my office. Yes. Um, what I would say about this, I'm, I'm somewhat curious about that specific transition 
to embracing Kiki. Because one of the things I oftentimes tell people to do with their, their younger version of themselves is to consider that and, and hold that person and imagine embracing that person when you get scared. Yes. Because that part of us that is scared and, and has difficulty being ourselves courageously in this world is oftentimes that, that fearful little child yeah. that does not feel safe growing up, that does not feel safe developing. And I have people embrace themselves as a child. I do that with my little Doug sometimes. I'll be honest, mm. I have a history of some abuse as well. So, um, and it's an interesting process to actually just embrace that person that is not a pretty part of our history. Yeah. How did you How did you get to that place? How did you grow to start loving Kiki instead of disliking and wanting to maybe shove away Kiki? Um, it took till honestly till 2020. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, this process is new for you. Yes. It's who. <laughs> oh my god! I'm hearing 2020. I'm like, oh, I know, okay, but I got it's you. also like the entire world shut down, but Kiki blossomed. Well, well not initially. Well, so, I'm hearing she's still blossoming. She's blossoming now, but yeah. initially, I because the reason I I hated her so much that I was a really big extrovert. So obviously, the world shuts down, yeah. and I'm stuck in the house. I cried every day. Yes, I almost took my life so many times. I I'm so sorry because I hated myself. I, I I didn't like me. I didn't want to be alone with me. This is not right. Kiki is not cool. Well, at the time I was Lakeisha. I want to make sure I address that. Lakeisha, Lakeisha was not cool. Lakeisha is a failure. Lakeisha needs to die. No one wants Lakeisha. I, I didn't hear from, I heard from my mother once during the initial onset of it. After that, I never heard from her. I felt worthless. And so being alone with me was scary. Um, and my chosen moms finally convinced me, they're like, you need to get a therapist. Oh, your um, chosen mom? Yes, I have to, yes. Now they're doing Lisa and Debbie. Well, how did you meet Thank you, Lisa moms? and Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> how did you meet Lisa and Debbie? <laughs> um, I met uh, Lisa in 2015 at a small job I was working at, and she changed my life. She helped <gasps> me come out. She helped me accept that part of myself. Um, and so they always keep an eye on me to this day. They still keep an eye on me. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so they said, you need to get a therapist. I've never had a therapist because in black culture, we don't talk about our problems. Yeah. We keep everything inside. But my inside was... Uh, a danger zone of constant suicidalness. I hated it. Yeah. But I just thought that was my life. It was, was darkness and that was it. Um, so I got a therapist in our first meeting. <laughs> Like our first meeting, guys, we, I'm telling her, she's like, just she's like, just talk to me and tell me what's going on. And I told her, she's like, Kiki, are you gay? And I remember just sitting there crying. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, I think I am. Um, at this point, I had wow. been alone for 20 years. I because I was involved in the church, I hadn't had sex, I hadn't had a partner, I hadn't had a relationship. I was just existing. Did so, you think that you were asexual or how were you thinking about oh it? Oh no, I was fighting masturbation hard. Like I would have to go up for a But fighting it because you, in your religion, you it was a sin? Yeah, or? so um, when I found I'm like, sorry, I'm laughing. I'm sorry. I'm like laughing and crying at the same time. My brain's about to explode. I love whatever's going on in your head. And <laughs> Before I found Jesus, okay, let's keep it real. Okay, Kiki was in the club. Like, I, I was, oh look, God. I was having sex. Look, I was, look. So all of a sudden, okay. the, the church I'm in, they're like, freeze. You have to wait for your husband. So that, so that all stopped around wow. 22, 23, and then th now I'm 38. Got it. Still waiting for my husband. Ew, yeah. So I think it's time Joey. that you move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, yes. Um, so, so yeah, so once I got therapy, I, I couldn't believe it. Like she helped me and I, I still have her to this day. But oh, she's great. Yeah, yeah, she helped me 
um, understand why I, I would tell her what I was feeling. I thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. I thought I had multiple personalities. I thought my my pastor told me all the time that I was psychotic. He, uh, when you Your repeat pastor? the same thing oh, over and over again, okay. yeah, repetition compulsion. Yeah, they, they, they said I was psychotic. When when you try to do the same thing and expect a different result. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, that's not psychosis. So yeah, that's probably, not psychosis. It's yeah. called not having maybe a lot of awareness yeah. about falling for the same people or continuing to be hopeful and optimistic that you're going to be able to trust people again or whatever it is. There's yeah. nothing shameful about that. Yeah, I thought it was crazy. Yeah, of course. Well. We feel crazy when we're not, and I'm I'm older than you are, mm-hmm. and so when I grew up, like I couldn't figure out why I was attracted to men, um, and not that I'm not attracted to women, but I was predominantly attracted to men, mm-hmm. and so it was just like this thing, like that can't be, this yes. isn't how the world works, and mm-hmm. so you start to feel kind of fucking crazy, yes. and then people start to tell you you're fucking crazy, and the church is not necessarily not all churches. Let me just do a disclaimer about that. Yeah. I love that we're matching on this. Yes, um, I'm in a great church now. Yeah, I, absolutely. By the way, I'd like to be a part of the program. You are. Oh, look at you! I, yeah, you I forgot. You did, it. I forgot. did you do that under the desk yes. when we were talking? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing their nails while yes. I was talking. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's hard. It's hard yeah. when you're told you need to be something. So even the question, even though it may not be exactly what it is that you're experiencing, but the question of like, are you gay? Yeah. I remember in college the first person, Catherine, who asked me, "Do you think you might be gay?" And I remembered being like, and I was engaged to a woman at that time, um, and it was like. Uh, no. What? Yep. Nope. We're yep. not talking like, about that. And you, right when you now. say it out loud, right? It's like this most incredible, powerful thing. So I'm, I'm so grateful for your therapist having the, you know, balls to kind of just. I shouldn't make that a masculine thing. <laughs> no, the, no. She, she's yeah, she's amazing. She she's, has balls. Right. She's she's balls. Got balls. We'll call yeah. balls. Yeah. Um, but you know, just the chutzpah to ask the question and yeah. start investigating openly and honestly, and it obviously meant a lot for you to be heard. Yeah. And she start ap- exploring. Yeah, she apologized to me after the church, yeah. how they treated me, because I was trying to hide that. I didn't know if I was bisexual or gay at the time. Mm. And so I was trying to hide that part of me that was attracted to women. And but every oh, time sure. I tried to talk about it, it was horribly yeah. mad. Um, so she apologized that she apologized on behalf of my mom for not loving me as, as me. Because oh. I, I, I was never loved as me. I was never good enough. Mm. So she helped me. She said, you're good enough just as you are. Yeah. She said, I'm going to help you work with... That's why I named her Little Kiki, because I realized that was my CPSD and my trauma, um, that protector. She was looking out for me. Yeah. She's like, you don't need that anymore. She's like, I'm going to help you be who you are. Who you are. And integrate. Yeah, integrate. Oh, my integrate. gosh, it just yeah. makes me yeah. cry. Yeah. So, um, um, so thanks to her, and I also went through a partial hospitalization program. Um, I love Little Kiki. I love her for protecting me, for guarding me, for getting me this far. Um, For all the times I would stop in front of a car and wish it would hit me, she would move me. Um, She's always been there for me. Mm. And so... Helping you survive. Yeah. Yeah. So she's my... And she... Now I get to have fun. Like, she's my nerdy side. Um, Our house is a beautiful, magical land. We have a sentry area, nerdy areas, and I have Mirabelle and Frozen in my bedroom. So... I got to see it on our Zoom. It was so wonderful. So the gift was meeting Jody. The gift was having her love me as I am and want to be with me. The child, the adult, the in between, all of it. And the way she looks at me, like the world just stops. I hope I spend the rest of my life dancing with her. You will. Yeah. What a lovely, lovely mm-hmm. commitment. Yeah. And acceptance. Yeah. And I think about your experience. It's it sounds like when you were a child, you were seen but rejected and punished and abused. And then you became 
sort of no identity no one could really see you no and this is the first experience you've ever had with being seen yeah. and being loved and having this sense of belonging yeah it's it's been the fact that she's still here our relationship started out with me in the hospital getting a hysterectomy literally um, like, yes. I mean, like a month after meeting, <laughs> she's sleeping on the couch at this horrible couch at the hospital with me because I'm terrified. Yeah. Um, and there's been multiple hospital visits. And because she's felt, having made me feel so safe, there's been trauma that's come forth. And there's been nights where it's been really hard for her and I've exhausted her. But she's like, I love you. I'm here. I'm not letting you go. And now we're over that hump and we're communicating better. And mm. I'm like, that's Right there, Kiki. It's amazing. In sickness it's a gift and forever, yes. no matter what, right? Yeah. I want to jump a little bit around in our questions now that you referenced your trauma and kind of the mm. manifestations of that. You've talked in a video about um, nightmares. You've talked about going unconscious at times as a result of that. Um, I am very curious if you feel like you get close to those experiences again. We don't always have control over our dreams, of course. Yeah. Um, but if you feel like you're nearing that space or whatnot, how do you cope? Because you know, Kiki, so many of our viewers, listeners, yeah. and our clients that we work with have trauma, yeah. really substantial trauma. And as you talk about yours kind of coming up in a safe zone, I've worked with clients that cannot access that yet. Yeah. Like it's a really huge unfolding that comes in time. Um, and we work on really uh, very methodical kind of exploration of that in a safe manner as much as possible, which is hard to do in 55 minutes. Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's why this partial hospitalization or, yes. you know, these these experiences can be so much more gratifying in terms of like getting to some of the root of, of things. Yes. But I'm very curious, like, how do you cope? How would you say to or encourage people to cope with those traumatic events? Oh, my gosh. So the root of my because you always have to get to the root of it. If you don't get to the root of it, you're not going to be able to cope with it. Yeah. And the root of it was I was still trying to protect myself. Mm. I wasn't leaning on my partner. I wasn't leaning on my support system. I loved them, but I was keeping everything inside. Like, all mm -hmm. this stuff was bubbling up. And I was like, if they see it, they won't want me anymore. Mm. So being vulnerable. I, if, if someone sees the ugliest side of you and does not stay around, they don't deserve you. That's right. Um, and so... Of course. My my partner looked at look, she's like, You're safe, you're safe, it's okay. She's like, You don't have to be strong anymore. Um, and I finally believed her. You have to believe. You 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 can't like let someone tell you that and then say, Okay, but then back here, but no, I'm not still not gonna say that. I'm still gonna um because I struggle with perfectionism. Yeah. So I'm guessing some of you do. Mm -hmm. Um so For I'm like, sure. why I need would to you look think that? Right, <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, I need to look perfect. <laughs> the house needs to look perfect. Excuse me. She needs to think I'm amazing. Button myself up. Yeah. yeah. I wanted someone to want me so bad that I was willing to hide my inner trauma, my inner pain. But it, eventually it comes out. I'm going to tell you too. If you decide yeah, to. It leaks out. Yeah, come friends with someone or a romantic relationship, it's going to come out. And it's scary as fuck, which is why I disassociated. <laughs> but yeah. it is scary as fuck. And, you know, we often talk about fight, flight, or freeze as the yes. three ways that people man uh, like respond to a traumatic trigger of some kind. Yes. And some people hate the word trigger. I don't know a better name for it. No, I love the word trigger. Right? Like, true. what else do we got? Right. right? Like. Yeah. But that fight, fight, or freeze, fight, flight, or freeze uh, responses to trauma, like, they're so, like you said, it's going to come out some way. Yeah. It has to. Yes. All the things have to come out. And that's why accessing some help, I'm just so proud of you for doing that. Yes. And you stuck with it. Yeah. yeah so I would say... Uh, to deal with your trauma, 
I sometimes we I pull out one of these with my fidget. Mm-hmm. Um, I also learned about adult coloring books. Oh yes. yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, they're yeah. so calming. So For I literally sure. will sit there like. When I feel myself a little triggered, I'll color just to calm myself down um, and figure out what's going on so I can talk to my partner in a calm manner if it's something with me. Mm-hmm. Because she, she always is like, if you talk to me, I'm here. Um, and I also use the other thing. It's called the emotional wheel. Um, and so it talks about the event, what caused the event, what I'm feeling, mm. yeah. what's the result, and you know how do I handle it. That is work. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, so I've been doing that a lot. And then I have coping cards I made. So what can I do when I'm feeling triggered? So whether that's um, hold her close, yeah. uh, watch a Disney movie, take a long shower, um, find some things that you love to do and put them on cards. I literally carry them with me. They're on a ring. Um, I got They got laminated for me. Um, and they're wow. getting in my head to a point where I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do right now. It's yeah. incredible. Because yeah. oftentimes what happens when we're triggered and all of our trauma just comes bubbling to the surface, we don't have access to the things that might help us calm down, like the distraction or the escape or the calming or the grounding or the mindfulness or, you know, bringing all of your sensory experience into it. And so having it laminated, I mean, it's just brilliant. Having them on note cards. Yeah, I love your word sensory. I was gonna focus on that a little bit. When I have people who like need to get, I mean, and for our listeners and viewers, like the reason why Rapunzel or the the hand uh, held device is is helpful, it gets us out of our head, but it also provides us sensory and the stimulation to kind of keep us in the moment. Yes. So there's so many benefits to it. I love when you grab it. I notice when you grab it uh, very purposefully at certain times of this conversation. Yes. So it's really a very um, comforting thing to be able to have that access to something. So yeah. you're teaching people so much about mm-hmm. trauma. Yes. Um, in addition to the non-binary and pronouns, all of which feels so critically important. That's why we could not wait to have you on the show. I'm like, we're we're covering so much. Oh, but <laughs> right? did we ever answer the question of if you identify as he? And she, how can somebody address you respectfully? Oh, do no, we, we didn't. Alternate? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, we just, I'll just alter. I love it. Like, I'm like, whatever. She, he. And then, first, I, I was struggling doing it first because I'm like, does that affect my identity? But no, it doesn't. It's 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 who I am. So, yeah. right. So, if, if it feels right, yeah, right? I mean, that's right, what it yeah. is. It's like when you felt, you know, during the fashion shoot mm. that this is as kiki as yeah. I, yeah. like, this is me. You just know when your insides and outsides match. Yeah. And you're just like, this is me. This yeah. feels right. Yes. And it's so interesting because one of my questions for people who identify as he, she, or they, like, does it base, is it based on circumstances, what you feel like wearing? You talked about your wardrobe. Yes. I just love it. Thank right? you. Right? And your hair, which yes. is such a great haircut. Right, it. because you guys um, are twin. twin. We are. I, asked, I did ask Talia to shave her head to, in solidarity. See, do you see? I, just want, I want this acknowledged because he says he doesn't hold his hand up like so picking my nose. look at the beautiful video. Oh, you could see yeah, your face. Yeah, but look at it in real life. <laughs> like, look at how close my nose is to your hand. Kiki, what are we going to do? I, I just, know. I needed a witness. Uh, I'm a witness now. Sorry. I don't even know to what. Um, But I love how fluidly you talk about it and that anything Mm -hmm. can be the case and and that you're okay with anything, which I think really helps people because I think people step over themselves like, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? And I'm like, well, ask. Yeah. Uh, my non-binary child always says, just ask. Yeah. Like, yes. it's annoyed when I ask, like, what do I do in this situation? What if it's he, they? Um, you know, you said you understood that, but it's, like, interchangeable, right? Yeah. 
Um, and so I think when people identify with those pronouns, which I think that people professionally are putting those on their emails, et cetera, and it's very helpful. I love yeah. that. Let's yeah. just do it. Yeah. And that. let's accept people for who the fuck they are. Exactly. Point blank. I'm with you. All right. I, I've got a question about, about I mean, my hand. about why Doug's hand is in my face. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. No, my question, it's, I mean, it's about trust. Yeah. And how, I mean... And I don't know if you feel comfortable or not talking about some of the pieces that you've been through. No, I'm ready. We would Sweet. love to hear your story, Kiki. Um, how far back? <laughs> far back. Okay. Um, so I was born in Columbus, Ohio. I didn't know it, but we were on food stamps um, in Section 8. I didn't know that. Um, so... But my, my dad, he did something on the side, drug-related. So our house was really nice. Our apartment was really nice, excuse me. Um, however, he dropped out of school in the sixth grade, and my mom dropped out of school in high school. So they weren't equipped to have children. Um, I was rejected from birth. Uh, my dad did not want me, but my mom bought me home. Um, all the baby pictures of me were burnt, except for one. I have one picture of me that my, well, my mom has it. I don't have it. Um, my dad was very physically abusive. Um, so switches, cords, cables, um, we, we belts, he would wrap them in duct tape um, and just beat us mercilessly. Even if we were telling the truth, he didn't believe us. Um, just a very violent, angry man. Um, he would wake us up in the middle of the night to make him food. Um, and then if my mom made something like steak or potatoes, he would get the main portion and we'd all split up whatever was left. Um, we ate, he ate really well, we ate really poorly. Um, my mom finally got away from him when he was, when I was 13, but the damage was already done. Um, I had been molested by two of my uncles by that time and walked in I'm on my mother, thank you, having sex with my dad's best friend. Mm -hmm. um, so I saw way too much at my age. Um, so we moved here when I was 13 and got away from my dad finally. And But unfortunately, the mother who was loving and caring and doting back then, like she would pit Vaseline in our wounds and do our hair and sneak and watch TV with us. Um, we weren't allowed to touch a TV, toys, nothing. My dad was very strict. Uh, we had to stay outside till the lights came on. It was um, basically seen, not heard. But when we moved here, she realized she never got to live out her teenage dreams. Um, and oh. so she started dating this guy who was a drug addict. And unfortunately, he groomed me. Um, mm -hmm. He saw how abusive my mom was to me verbally. At the time, it was just verbal. Um, he said, I wish I could take you away from here. And the little Kiki in me was like, oh, my God, he wants to be my Rescue. dad. Yeah. Someone's going to save me yeah. from this. <laughs> um, at the time, I didn't know he was grooming me. My my big sister at the time went home. She was old enough to go back to Ohio cause, because he had tried to groom her, too. But she didn't tell me that she just left. My mom just said she's gone. But my mom knew. So this man groomed me, and then he started molesting me. I didn't understand what was happening because it felt like love and I'm a child. Mm -hmm. I don't understand like what this man's doing, but I started to feel really depressed and sad and angry on the inside. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to school and I told my teacher, I don't know why I knew this at the time, but I knew my life was to please my mom. I knew that I could not upset her. I knew I could not tell her this information. Um, I think I, I think I was already picking up on I'm, I'm taking care of her mentally. So I told the school, they called my mom, and I couldn't tell her. I remember she put a towel over my face, and I finally told her what happened, and I felt this relief wash over me as this wow. man's been molesting me. Yeah. Do you know? Um, 
They had a big argument, and instead of her sending him away, she sent me back to my abusive father. Oh, Kiki. That is the ultimate rejection. It was the... And betrayal. And, betrayal. Yeah. and the sick part is, they dropped me off at the bus station with... I had two big black plastic bags, and him, her and this man dropped me off. Um, so thankfully, my dad had a stroke. My dad had never hugged me, touched me, said he loved me, none of that. Um, I ended up having to come back here after that. Uh, there was a fire. He hugged me. He, I, because he had never hugged me before, I was freaked the fuck out. Well, of course, yeah. because <laughs> his touch had always been violent. Yeah, his touch had always been violent. So I just, I was trying to get away, but he wouldn't let me go. And I started panicking. And then that was the last time I saw him alive. He passed away. Um, but when I got home, my mom told me, she's like, we didn't want you back. We just took you back because you're, because the apartment caught on fire. But we didn't want you to come back here. And, the, and he was still there. So, um, because I knew now that what he did was wrong, yeah. I just ignored him. Um, but on my way back here, another man groomed me. Um, he was a truck driver. Um, he also tried to father me. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up, um, I was 15 at the time, and he ended up um, grooming me as well. He would stop by my place, where I live with my mom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you see how old this man is now? I'm like, you see how old this man Why would you let him stop by? And it turned out he was paying her $350 a month to keep me. Oh, my God, stop. Yeah, oh. so that's why he was staying around. And then at 16, he had sex with me. But because my mother's boyfriend had broke my hymen, I didn't know it. Um, he thought I wasn't a virgin anymore. And so he started treating me like shit, and then he left me. Um, and I went to my mom, and I was heartbroken. And she was like, you'll get over it. Like, she just had, it was like no emotion. It was like whatever she wanted. The point is, she lost her source of income. Um, so then we became her source of income, me and my siblings. So Christmas, birthdays, Mother's Day, we would have to all come together and figure out how we were going to get her the most extravagant, whatever, whatever, because the drug guys weren't always around. Wow. Um, so I found, um, I'm just condensing this a bit, at 18, I, excuse me, at 17, I was dating this guy who didn't think I was pretty enough because I didn't wear makeup or anything. but. We ended up stopping at a building that turned out to be a, a youth church. And um, short version, I ended up giving my life to God at 17. And I dropped out of school and I left my mom's house. And she said, if you leave, you can never come back. And these people promised, I met these church people. They're like, oh, we'll take you in. We got you. So I felt brave enough to leave because they're like, we'll take you in. At that age is phenomenal. Yeah. But... They didn't. Yeah, why? I just can't even believe all of the betrayal and the abuse and the promises broken. Yeah, like that first night on the street, I stayed at Harbor Lights. I had never seen something. I'm not from here. I just knew I could. I slept on the floor. Thankfully, I was working at Target, so so they. um, I would bathe there and work. I was homeless for a week. Um, Someone from a church finally did take me in. They were a narcissist, unfortunately, and. My church life was dark. Um, lots of, it, it's funny when people see someone, I, despite all this, guys, I was still hopeful for love and, and, and acceptance. And people would say, they said, Jesus will love me. And say, they'll love me. And say, they won't turn me away. But mm-hmm. if I didn't give enough money, they would turn me away. Oh. Or I'm um, still looking for that father figure. I got close to one of the pastors and the wife accused me of trying to sleep with him. She, she later apologized um, many years later, but the damage is already done. Yes, that's, I mean, that's the thing. It's like the damage is already done. And yeah. I, I'm hearing so much physical abuse, but I, and I don't, you're the only one who can answer this, but the emotional abuse yes. and the trauma to 
just the betrayals of trust in the people that were supposed to love you and care for you. Yeah. Oh, I can't the even other thing, imagine. And the other thing you reference, Kiki, is you know what you were searching for in these people. Like when we don't have loving, unconditionally supportive parents and caregivers, we're always searching for that. Always and forever. It yeah. never goes away. So it's kind of why it is that I think a lot of people find the same people that are, are abusive or neglectful or maladaptive parents. Yeah. We just keep repeating that until we realize that makes us anxious. We're not looking in the right places. Obviously, Jody is the right place. Yes. Um, but, you know, I love, and I don't want to pass by that too quickly, that you said you were looking for this father figure. Yeah. I think you were looking for a loving fucking caregiver. Yes. Someone who was unconditionally, and as you've chosen some people to be your parents now and mothers. Oh. Um, but your search is really important to identify, like, why? Because if anyone, anybody listening is wondering, like, why would you keep picking these people who are, like, hurting you? Because that's all you knew. Yeah. It was familiar to you. Someone told me at one time, they said, Kiki, it's almost like you have rejection written across your forehead. It's like a lit up sign. Sure. Why like wouldn't you? Beacon. Yeah. Yeah. So that really broke me down. The last pastor I tried before I was out of the church for a few years, I kept going in and out because I realized I was different. Yeah. Um, and the, the church was very high schoolish, like 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 if you didn't do what they wanted, they wouldn't hang out with you and clickish. Yeah, and clickish. Yeah. And so I went back because my family didn't want me, and I'm trying to fight these suicidal thoughts. I'm trying to fight my. At this point, I'm starting to really want a woman. And he, um, it was the night I was supposed to come to church. And he called me, the pastor that I love, that I saw as my dad. I, his hugs were everything to me. He said, Kiki, don't come to church tonight. I said, why? He said, I can't have you coming in here in and out, like everything's fine. Pretend like God's blessing you when you're a sinner. He's like, I refuse to um, have you cause shame on my church. He was like, don't come back. No. And he hung up the phone. I almost took my life that night. I, I remember sh just shaking like this and just, I, I, I just, it was like, I, that's why it was so hard for me to trust people because it was like, no matter how hard I tried, I failed. Yeah. No matter how hard I tried, I failed. Um, so that was hard. And then I was pissed because my mom was still going there. I'm like, Mom, you just got rid of me. We're still trying to have some form of relationship at this point. Um, so that happened. So I was out of church for two years. Okay. And um, then I met uh, Lisa and Debbie, and my life changed. Um, and <laughs> I was on my own, um, living by myself finally. Um, I did live with my sister for a decade, but... That was horrible too, verbally abusive. She stopped paying rent, she stopped working. Um, I came home one day, cause I had finally decided to move out. She was gone. She had took our dog. She had took everything we bought together. Um, just lots of abuse. Um, the last time I attempted to connect with my mom was in 2019, December. They, we had a family meeting and I ordered everybody dinner and my mom proceeded to tell my sister every bad thing I had said about her at the table in front of her. And I told her not to. And I almost took my life that night. And my friend told me, they said, you can't keep going with something that doesn't want you. So I... Very wise. Yeah, so I stopped going back. Yeah. So um, coming out, let's get to that fun part. Mm -hmm. Getting a therapist yeah. was amazing. <clears throat> yeah. The hard part was on my, being on my own. I, I had nobody. And at that point, George Floyd had been shot. Ooh, and goodness. so, okay. yeah, no one would talk to me. Um, my therapist hooked me up with a wonderful friend who changed my life. Her name was her name is Megs, um, who's now happily married to a wonderful woman. Um, she got me into involved into a community for online, and then we finally met in person wow. after such a COVID calm down. Yeah, yeah. but um, 
I was doing the same thing in my dating, so I'm, I'm attracting all these married women. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right. I was like, what the So hell? available yeah. and all that. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. yep. But they're like, oh, I'm leaving my partner. Da, da, da. And so I believe them. And so three of them fucked me over so hard. Or they had previous trauma. Um, the first one left me, my first official girlfriend. I had never, I had never had love. I, I had never, like, when I had tried to be with a guy, I would cry after. Um, anytime I had sex with a guy, I would cry after. It, it wasn't for me. But when I was when I was sleeping with this woman, my first love, it was like everything made sense. Mm-hmm. That's right, that's right. And the sky yeah. opened up. Yeah. And I celebrated every anniversary, special dates, everything. I saw her two days. I didn't know the time she was taking advantage of me. I saw her only two days a week. Um, mm. Because she, the husband she claimed she was leaving sent me a picture of the ring being broken off. He was still controlling her. I didn't know that. Um, I moved us into a house because I wanted to show her I could be something. Yeah. Because um, I, 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 I did eventually get my GED, but I basically live check to check right now. But I thought if I get this house, because she had two boys, I'm like, she'll see some value in me. But I also decided at that time um, that not only was I masculine, but I did not identify to the hair or or the titties anymore. It just wasn't me. Um, And so I talked to her about it. I said, if I get this surgery, I said, will you stay with me? And she said, yes. And I got the surgery and she wasn't there. I actually ended up getting an infection here because I take care of myself. um, So I can't feel here anymore. Um, But she eventually, I found out that she had been lying to me, that she was not working. Um, She had no money. um, And I wasn't attracted. She stopped touching me here. That was really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I could feel her pulling away, and I was just like, at the same time, I've got these women, like, I'm a very monogamous person, but I've got these women like, oh, you're so cute, and, and I'm trying to stick it with her, and I still remember she packed her stuff and left. I literally dropped to my knees and wailed. Yeah. I've never cried like that in my life since then. How therapeutic that must have been. Oh my gosh, I was like, I was so broken, guys, like, and this woman happened to sneak in right around that time and turned out she was broken as well. So that was like six, seven months of hell. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Well, it is. It's like, a, it, this is why we have to do the work. And also I'm thinking about, you know, the difference between you and your siblings, right? But it's like with all of this trauma and betrayal and pain, you chose to pour love into yourself and to sit with yourself and to reconnect with yourself and to become the love that you never got. Yes. And now you're able to care for little Kiki. Little Kiki cares for you. You met your beautiful future wife who is with us in the studio and we adore her. And I like, don't understand how you are you, how you are resilient, how you always have a smile on your face. Your energy is so joyful and so optimistic. How? Like, how did you learn Although to Although I trust bet it's not him? always. No. I bet you still have those moments, That's right? what I love about my partners. Yeah. With her, I feel so safe. Like, if I have a bad day, she's like, it's okay. Like, yeah. she's like, I'm, I'm like, I don't feel like talking to people today. She's like, yeah. it's okay. I still love you. Like, we'll just, she'll let me be there with her. Yeah. She yeah. colors with me. We paint. Yeah. We do art. I, I love her. So... 
I grew up. I I watched Full House and Family Matters and Step by Step. And they raised you. Yes. And then, so I'm the only mushy one in my family. Like, I love hugging and loves and hearts and stuff. And this is, by the way, this is a little kiki right now. She's really excited. Um, Uh. I love, like, hugs and love and mushiness. And I like to be squeezed. And I like soft things and stuffies. (laughs) And then um, we moved here. So when I got my own place, finally, I found out about High School Musical. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, love. That's what love looks like. So, Troy and Graviella are my life. Um, (laughs) And we had watched like Lion King in my house, and uh, Michael Jackson was a big thing. But when we moved here, I found out about um, like Tangled and Brave Mm. and um, Little Mermaid, and I'm like, Disney is life. So, what spoke to you about the stories? Though? Oh my gosh! So obviously, Tangle is my favorite. Um, it's a good movie. They 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 had hard lives, but it was like, but there's a happily ever after. There's yes. a prince. Yep. Yeah. I wanted a husband so bad. Mm-hmm. I wanted someone to come love me and sweep me off my feet and take me away and In be that like fairy tale way. Yeah, because yep. I was so lonely. I was so hurt. I, I had struggled so much financially for so many years. There was times I almost lost my place. So this is all I had. This is what I sucked my soul into. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, yes. But you know, Kiki, me. however, the, the word survivor just kind of keeps coming up. Yes. This. Like you survived. Like when you talk about the resiliency and you talk about managing through this, there was always some light. And I swear, sometimes when we're young and we start defending ourselves and we start taking care mm-hmm. of ourselves, we start looking in the media, we start looking in other families, we start looking in other kids, we start looking all across the board to find someone that's actually doing it differently and that shows us that it's possible. Yeah. So I think what you're describing mm. is all of these Disney films, all of the other reference that, that you make, they show you that there was an opportunity, that it could happen. And when we see that it can happen, we have hope. Yeah. So it feels like hope kind of kept you going as a survivor. Yes. Now you're you're working toward that light. But I can't imagine you don't have shitty days. Oh, um, my God. Where some of this trauma comes back, some of the difficulty comes back. You push your partner away. I'm sure Jody. Oh, my God. Testing. Fuck um, yeah. Oh, oh. I mean, can you say fuck yeah on that? I'm like, how are you still here, yeah. baby? Don't I don't know. Hell no. And when you're yeah. feeling vulnerable, of course we do that. And so yeah. we need a partner to say, I'm here. Yes. Take a deep breath and to do our own work still. Yes. So I love how raw I that was, that, that fuck yeah. So, yes. Right. So, you're y'all, I thought rom-coms was the deal. I'm like, oh, romance is, dating is going to be amazing. No, it wasn't. No. So by the time it's I got, a jungle out yeah, there. I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, where's my Disney fantasy? Like, I'm romantic. I'm chivalrous. I'm yes. I'm a lover. I'm a great invest. You know, I was like, what's happening? Yep. Um, and so when Jody came along, unfortunately, it was a time where I, I was just like, I actually tried solo poly for a bit. Because I was like, these women kept hurting me. Yep. And so I was like, maybe I should just date like multiple people. Sure. And I tried dating two women at once. And it was exhausting. So solo poly, yeah. is that when you're dating a couple? Yeah, so I would date, like, so I would keep my own place. They would have their yeah. own place, but yeah. they would come visit me. Okay. Like, and yeah. I visit them vice versa, but in we're Which on does work own. for some people, yeah. I might say. But, but yeah. I'm not. Yeah. So how we I was dating two people, yeah. and yeah. my name was Jody. And I was like, oh my God, Jody's special and wonderful, and Ooh. she's a nerd like me, and she loved me, and... When we talked about, because despite everything I went through with the church, I was still spiritual, but every woman I dated was an atheist until I met Jody. When Jody pulled me aside, we were walking on the Stone Arch Bridge, and she was like, I want to talk to you about my spiritual side. I was like, oh, 
hallelujah. <laughs> like, I was like, did you just say that? So the like, clouds opened up. Yeah, the clouds opened up. I was like, let's music. leave right now. We're going to my house on the balcony, get some Put coffee. Yeah, I was like, this is happening. I was like, what? And then she told me her story, and I was like, um, we've, we're both empaths. We're both neurodivergent. Oh. We're both, like, there's so much in common. And she, and she helped me discover that I'm neurodivergent. I didn't know I was neurodivergent. I met Jody. And the very things that irritate me about her, I do the same thing just in a different way. That's literally how it works with yes. humans, right? The things yeah. that irritate us. It's like we see this part of ourselves that we've rejected <laughs> in each other and we hate it. We reject it. But what's great is now we're able to, like, we, we both know if we're feeling anxious. So I wanted to say that a few clicks ago. Sometimes you're not going to have your cards yeah. or your dolls or your fidget spinners. Yeah. So... We know each other. I know when she's in pain. She knows when I'm in pain. We know when we're anxious. And so we'll grab each other on her shoulder and we'll say, hey, I'm right here. It's okay. I love you. You're safe. That affirmation yeah. is priceless. And sometimes yeah. I'll just, I don't care where we are. I don't care if middle story. I say, I don't give a fuck about these people. Come here. And I'll That's hold her. Sweet. And I'm like, it's okay. I got you. God. And she does the same for me. Um, I've never had that. No. Like, I'll, I'll know. Like, she'll we'll get up in the morning. I know she's hurting. I'll just rub her back. I've never been so connected to somebody. That's why I can never let her go. Oh Our love God. life is incredible. I hope she doesn't mind saying that. I'm sorry, but man. We're going to ask her about that. Yeah. <laughs> she's next. Nice. She's I on another episode. <laughs> everything about this. And this whole episode, basically, like, the theme is becoming. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And the theme is, like, it, it. you can't wrap it up in a bow. It's a day-by-day, minute-by-minute, um, loving and accepting all of the fragments, all of the multifaceted, diamond, bright, shining lights, and that you have found the love of your life and you have found yourself. Yes, and drag set me free. Woo! Okay? I Because I was yeah, singing at church, Kiki loves yeah. to sing, yeah. okay? Yeah. And Thank so they, they were like, okay, well, since you're queer, you know, you can't work with the children, you can't sing. So I was really bitter about that. <laughs> I'm bitter about that. I know. I was like, I love singing. Why are you taking it from me? <laughs> um, and then I got connected with this troupe called Transcendence Cabaret. They're amazing. And their leader was like, oh, my God, come perform with us. Yay. And so I sing live. That's so great. Yes. So the Just plug, yeah. plug everything. Yeah, we need Tell us, like, where can our people find you? <laughs> what are, where? What? Well, so I, I do, I sing live. Um, my next show is until February because um, with my dissociation when that happened, I needed some time to mentally get mm-hmm. myself back in line. But I am going to be, um, I, I'm actually completing in a Mr. and Mrs. Black Pride. Oh! Yeah. So I'm going to be in Congrats. the Mr. category. Fantastic. Yeah, at lunch on February 9th. I'm excited. That's really great. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, Where? I'm um, excited. Lush. Lush. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So I'm, I'm. Even if I don't win, I'm just excited to get my, oh my, my God, swag yeah. out there. You know. Um. But so being able to drag, being able to uh, grow out my facial hair because I I'm a hairy. Um, I, I really wanted to hear you finish that sentence. Oh, <laughs> I'm Harry. Look, I was like, I actually looked at my birth records. I'm like, was I born like with two parts or something? If happening. you pull the goatee, look yeah. at what we'll look like. I know. Oh my hey, god! Hey, hey, Twenty. Hey, when this 20. comes out, like I had on, I'm just saying, I'm daddy. You know, yeah, daddy, you know right, yeah. so, don't let it fool you now. I'm, I'm swaggy as hell. But I always wanted to be like a Bruno Mars usher. So when I do yeah, my yeah. drag, oh. I, I don't even go out to say. I tell them, I'm like, I'm taking because you see my partners with me. But I'm going to tell you, I'll be singing to them. They're like, you got my number. What Can I go home with you? I'm like, no. Because at the end of the day, yeah. 
I, I tried solo poly, it wasn't for me. I'm monogamous. I want my soul mate. Yeah. I want my yeah. partner, and that's yeah. what Jody is. Mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong, I, I can on my drag persona when Blackberry come out. I have been told That's I make another panties story. Boys. We need to see that. My favorite tag is I make panties boys. I'm like, yes. Oh my God. Do we yeah. need merch? Yes. That is yeah. going, I mean, I think that's you know, probably the name of this episode. Merch. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh my God, the name of this episode. So, this is, I feel like, final thought. Okay. Is do things happen for a reason? I don't know. I don't believe in that. But I what that I do thing. believe I is too. that you can make meaning yeah. and make it mean something. And yeah. you have had the roughest, rockiest, most cruel, I mean, the, the sides of humanity that you have seen mm-hmm. and the meaning you have made of it to share your story with us, encourage and inspire and we cry with you we laugh with you you're impossible not to love i hope you know that i hope you can i hope that sticks to the ribs in a different way now that you've done your work Mm -hmm. i have and i have one last question no we're no more questions i'm just kidding um (laughs) so one of the things that really strikes me is for all of us who grow up not knowing who we are we can't feel safe in our homes we don't know how to label ourselves we don't know how to identify if you could say anything to little Kiki, what would you have said to her as a child? Um, I would have said that be yourself because everyone else is taken. <gasps> oh, okay. <laughs> that was that last part was really good. I've never heard that before. I love how weird and quirky That's and lovely. nerdy and yes. sexy and yep. fun I am. Yeah. You are all because of those everyone things. else is taken. Yeah. God, I everyone love that. That's really beautiful. Thank you. I wanted that to fade really it good. so bad. Have you guys yeah. ever seen that Sponge episode? I'm normal. Like I, I wanted to I'm be positive that. I have. Yeah. So that was <laughs> definitely in my household. This Kiki now, yeah. whose best friend is the mayor of Columbia Heights. This Kiki now. Oh, look at you! Going to, I'm singing yeah. at Century College for MLK yeah. Day. This Kiki, he, she, non-binary black and proud happily in an interracial relationship I I just want to make sure I put that out there. I don't care well, what they love me. you. I can speak. So I, I don't care what noise from me. Jody. Yeah. You might have heard that comment. Yeah, I okay. love creamy, dreamy. She's the cre- mm, cream of my coffee, man. Oh my god! Just like that's me. Your hands for a minute. So like you know when the hands come together. Yeah. You see how beautiful that is. That is beautiful. Yeah. So imagine that with a blush and yeah. So we'll stop there. Really? Um, We're gonna stop. <laughs> okay. Well, I I I want more. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a look. I I, I can paint a story, um, but there, it's there's something so beautiful about the rosiness in her cheeks, yeah. mm-hmm. the way her hair lays just right, the way she smells, the way her eyes sparkle. I am in so rapture. Love. That is really love. Beautiful. Yes, you literally described love. I am. Kiki, I must tell you, I think this interview was meaningful in so many different ways. Thank you. Uh, you're so welcome. Thank you for such an honest and authentic and disclosing story about your life. I really feel like these issues are ones that we as a culture need to continuously have for so many different reasons. But at the end, we are all one human family. We are all the same. And how really lovely. Uh, We're not all the same, obviously, but you know, we're all one human family (laughs) and we all function the same way and all need the same thing. So thank you so much. You are such a gift. Thank you so much. And your story that you shared it with us, I know you will have touched 
so many lives today. Thank you. For sure. And Rapunzel says. Yes, what does Rapunzel have to say about to this? To go live your dream. Go live your dream and get out yes. of that fucking tower. Yes. And become a drag king. Yes, and it's okay if you have some raising thoughts about it, like go back and forth. Just make sure you stay on that positive side. Live. Oh. Thank you, Kiki. Thank you, Kiki. Bye. Friends, wasn't that amazing and powerful? I mean, we laughed and we cried. Kiki really brought us through. I definitely laughed. I did not cry. I did. What did you use your cold, black, <laughs> coal-shaped heart? No, you know, it's interesting. I think sometimes, you know, while I do sometimes cry, I have no problem crying. Um, I did not cry. I was so invested in learning and listening. Plus, I was right next to Kiki, which was, like, so intimate and lovely to be able to have that experience and see every ounce of their face, facial expression as they talked. But, yeah, that was an intense, deep conversation yes. that I think is so relevant to so many people. And really, I, I was struck by the fact that, you know, while I think anybody who has such trauma um, and such a deep, complicated, faceted story, multifaceted story has uh, oftentimes a hard time talking it through. Kiki was just like flowing yeah. with information and, and readily available to disclose kind of their most intimate yeah. experience from a childhood experience on and really did a nice job she answering some very difficult questions that I think we posed. Extraordinary. Yes, yeah, and it sure. was, we went deep. And, um, but Doug and I have some exciting news. We do. We have a secret. And right now, it's a week before we're going to post this, and so I was given permission by Kiki's beautiful future wife, future spouse, Jody. Jody's going to propose tomorrow. <laughs> Which New Year's Eve. I realize we're like betting on this happening oh my God, for whatever what it reason. Does, it but, will. But it we're will. assuming it's going to happen. It's so sweet of Jody to share that with Talia. Oh and that we know that information. So we want to just say at some point, and hopefully this is the case, but congratulations to the two of you post-engagement um, and post this episode going on our podcast schedule. And so we're really very excited is. for both of you, and we can't wait to come to the wedding. Yes, um, and, um, Rapunzel-themed. Yeah. It really is a fairy tale. I mean, it's just so What are we going to wear? Purple. Oh, duh. Okay, yeah. Love you guys. Love you. Oh, wait, there's more. What? We know that you love today's episode. Hi. I don't assume anything, but we hope you do. If you found value in today's episode, don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen or watch. And for extra bonus points, you could rate and review or rate and review. Send me a screenshot to my social media account which we will go into in two and a half seconds. Mm. And I will mm. repost and tag you, and you will be my new best friend. 1,005, 1,006, 1,007. You said two and a half seconds. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's past that. But please. No, it's your turn. Is it? So...
You know, one of the things I'm struck by is everybody has a question they've been dying to answer either anonymously or directly. Mm -hmm. And they have questions for therapists that, you know, if the chance came, they would just like love for it to be discussed. We're here. Um, we are here. And if you go to we'renotfine.com, use no apostrophe when you put that in your computer, we'renotfine.com. There is a place for you to submit any questions, any comments, any any stories that you want us to share with people that you think would be relevant given the theme of our show on relationships and mental health, which everything is about relationships. We have found out, of course, in the course of our work history. Um, but the reality is you can go on there and submit again anonymously. You can put in a false name. You can put Mickey Mouse. You can put whatever you want to put in there. Um, the reality is we will answer it and we appreciate any submissions you have. We are not fine.com. And find us on social media. Um, Instagram, DR, oh, sorry, that's me, DR Talia Jackson, Douglas L. Jensen with an EN, and we're that's not me. fine. Yep. And we love y'all. And, and we're we'll not fine, but. Oh, we're not fine, but. No, that was my line. We're not fine, but. At least you don't look like a chihuahua. Okay, should we try again? Or maybe you do, and that's not a bad thing. <laughs>